Welcome. You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You are meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I am Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. Today, we're talking about a very special subject, walking with angels in our lives. And we have a very special guest to interview, Keith Leon S., also known as Keith Leon Smith, multiple international best-selling author, publisher, speaker, trainer, and singer-songwriter, multi-talented man. He was custom-made for our show today because his latest bestseller is Walking With My Angels, A True Story, about his life literally walking with angels. Welcome aboard, Keith. Uh, It's wonderful to have you. Good to be with you again. Yay, it really is. Well, I I first heard about Keith in his new book from his book agent, D. Shandera. As you know, I love angel stories, so I was interested right away at what Keith, his life story was about in regard to his angels. I was quite excited when I saw the title of his book. Because I don't necessarily have the time to sit down and read books, I immediately purchased the audio version. I absolutely love to read books, so I listen to them while doing anything that is not related to my desk work, my teleseminars, our travels with Michael all over the world, such as those normal things like taking walks, vacuuming and mopping the floors of our house, doing the laundry, and the one thing that takes the most time of all, driving, which Michael and I do a lot of. Well, at least when we're not in the middle of a pandemic lockdown. I enjoyed Keith's book, Walking With My Angels, so much that I read it, well, listened to it, a second time some months later. I enjoyed it as much the second time as the first time. When we are preparing to interview our guests, we like to have a chance to get to know them first and learn more about their work directly from them face-to-face before the interview, whenever possible. I didn't know if that would be possible since Keith and his wonderful wife, Maura, live in Vermont most of the year, but from Keith's book agent, I also know he spends some time, particularly during the winter, in the Los Angeles, California area. As many of you might know, when things are normal in the world, we visit the Los Angeles area about three times a year or so to give in-person seminars and to visit Michael's two sons, who also live there. As you might also know, the urban spread of the Los Angeles area is so huge It can take two to three hours in certain kinds of traffic to get from one place to another. Well, between the two readings of Keith's books, I found out something surprising. Keith, who himself is an inspirational publisher, author, intuitive coach, and vibrational artist, was going to be in the Sherman Oaks area, the same exact area of L.A. where we would be at the same time. Did a few angels have their wings on making this happen? You bet. Spirit always has a way of making the improbable, even the impossible happen. When it is meant to be, it is meant to be. It still makes me smile. We ended up having a marvelous brunch at our favorite before we hit the road healthier restaurant in Sherman Oaks, Hugo's, to meet Keith and Maura for some fascinating conversation. It felt like we had known the two of them forever as soon as we met. The more we get to know our true inner selves, the more we begin to recognize our soul friends we've known over lifetimes. As you know, we don't interview a lot of people on this show, though that may change in times to come. But as soon as I read Keith's book the first time, I knew he'd be a great person to have on our show since he has such a beautiful and inspiring message for everyone. So let's start. Keith, there are so many aspects to your path this lifetime, starting with an extremely difficult bipolar single mom who raised you, the horrific loss of your brand new stepdad when you were just a kid, a hard childhood overall, bullying in school, and so much more that makes up 
your varying, let's say, colorful background. In your book, Walking with My Angels, you tell your story about the unusual way you managed to make it through all these challenges of your childhood when your angel, with your angel guide in tow. Can you first talk a little bit about the beginning of your journey with your angel or angels? When was the first time you heard the voice of your angel? How did you come to trust him and even know he was an angel? Oh, I love those questions. Um, <laughs> first of all, just beautiful to be in your presence again. When we had that time together, you know, we, Mara and I really did feel like angels had arranged it, and we felt like we had known you for lifetimes. So, so it was so <laughs> wonderful to, to, to see you again. It was great. Hey. Uh, yeah. yeah, but I, I could hear my angel's uh, voice since I was about six years old, and... And it was just audible. Like, I could hear the voice, and he introduced himself to me, and he told me that he was my guardian angel, and the voice was outside of me instead of inside of my head, which I'm sure he did so that I would be able to not think I was crazy. <laughs> Even as a kid, uh-huh. if it was in my head, I might, I might have doubted it. But because it was audible and it was outside of me, and he was constantly moving, so sometimes he'd be hovering up by the ceiling in the corner, sometimes you'd be over my shoulder, sometimes right in front of me, and the sound would be coming from those places. So so it wasn't uh, long before I started to realize that this, this angel was for real, and especially because he started uh, telling me things and having me like do things, you know, go go home a certain a different way, and then I'd find out something happened the way that I would normally walk home, or, you know, all of these things uh, that he was saying were coming true, and uh, so it wasn't long before I knew that I had a I had a special friend, and it wasn't an imaginary friend <laughs> at all. Yeah. Uh, ah. And, and I, and I, I love to talk about in the book, you know, my mom's and her friends at first thought that I had an imaginary friend, but during the early 70s, there was this huge spike in gold, and he actually told me to to tell them to buy gold when they were teasing me about having an imaginary friend. Well, my angel says buy gold, (laughs) buy gold, and and they didn't listen to me, and then it was that huge spike that happened in in the 70s, or, you know, gold increased by 500% or whatever, and and so it wasn't long before they, they came back to me and said, hey, what does your angel say now? And I asked the angel, I said, what, is, what do you say now? Oh, he says you should have listened to me the first time. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, that brings up a really important question, I think, for a lot of our listeners. Have, you know, that, that's very clear in terms of when an angel has a message for your mom or somebody else and you relay that. Yeah. And that person yeah. doesn't listen. Well, too bad. <laughs> you had your chance. Had you had had any experiences during your lifetime with walking with angels uh, where you heard the angel and you disregarded the message or whatever? Have you ever done that? And and what kind of what's the difference between when you follow through with your angels guidance and when you don't? Mm. Well, every time I listen and follow through, then everything works out perfectly. (laughs) And I don't, not so much. Uh, But I have a really fun example. When I was on my on my tour, on my angel tour, at all of my live events, they're never the same twice. I just do what I'm guided to do and what the people want me to do. And so uh, so we're we're nearing the end and the angels told me to do do the forgiveness process, I heard. And I and I go in my head, I go, There's not enough time for that because that process is like forty five minutes to an hour. And I'm like, uh, there's no time for that. And so they're like, do the forgiveness process. And so I, I shrugged them off. That's the only time I did this, too. I was like, no, I don't think so. So I grabbed my angel card and said, who wants to pull an angel card? And so I shuffled them, and this woman um, pulled a card, and the card was all about forgiveness. <laughs> and, and I go, so okay, you just I can't it. get away from it. <laughs> oh, my God. So I told on myself, I said, I really, I, for the first time, I tried to, like, wave them off. And so this is what happened. You That card you just pulled, and everybody laughed. And I said, so uh, I guess the question is, are, would you be willing to stay late? Because they really want me to do this process with you. And everybody was like, of course. We'll go yeah. stay here all night. And so, <laughs> so we did the process. And amazing transformation happened. You know, miracles happened. So, But but that was the, the time that I tried to not do what I was told. It didn't work out for me because they just... <laughs> 
came right back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, isn't it amazing where, you know, on our human thinking levels, sometimes we go, oh, no, here's here's the reasons why uh, I can't do that or shouldn't do this or we don't have the time. Yeah. But in spirit, yeah. you know, it doesn't make a difference because in spirit, there's no time. And when we go ahead and like you did, just, okay, you know, everybody want to stick along a little bit longer. There's no question. It's all arranged. It's all yeah. set. And everything works out. That's that's really a great yeah. thing. Well, yeah, it was funny. Keith, can you talk about the times your angels uh, saved your life and why you feel they did that, saved you? Maybe talk about one of those times because I believe in your book you said they they saved you multiple eight times. times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was seven seven times by the time I wrote the book, and it's eight now because I had another one since then. Uh, but but the one that was uh, well, there was so many. But one that was when I was younger and it was kind of the most dramatic, uh, and actually had a life review, so that that would count as a close call for sure. Uh, my friend had just got for his 16th birthday a '69 Mustang, this beautiful car, and we jumped in the car at night, and he wanted to show me how fast it could go, and so. We lived by this place where there was this super long strip straightaway that had no stop sign whatsoever. And so uh, so he went to the end of that, turned around, and punched it. And we'd go faster and faster, and we're up to 90 miles an hour. And, and the light, the one light that's at the end of the strip is starting to come up, and he's pumping the brakes, and he starts yelling, Dude, no brakes! Dude, no brakes! Ah! And he's pushing the brakes, and nothing's happening. We're getting closer and closer to this intersection where there's a few cars in the intersection waiting for the light to turn green. And um, and so all of a sudden the, the brakes did lock up and then he kind of slid, avoided a car by sliding the car to the left. And when he did, we slammed into this giant power box which operated the lights and we both heard metal ripple and glass break and and then all of a sudden whoop, I'm into what's called a life review and and I oh. saw from child from childhood all the way through that moment all the key times in my life and things that had happened and and things that were the, the things that really made a difference in my life and um people I was nice to people I was mean to you know everything just all in a movie and from childhood up to that moment and then as soon as it got to that moment where we hit the crash again and all the glass was flying and everything like froze and then went into reverse <laughs> into reverse and uh and then uh when I got back to to childhood and then into the womb. Then poof, I opened my eyes, and my friend and I were sitting out of the intersection, about a half a block away. The car is parked on the side of the road, and the car is just purring. And he goes, "Dude, did you hear?" And I go, "Metal ripple." And he goes, "Glass break." And I go, "Did your last flash?" Be-? And he goes, "Before your eyes." And I go, "Yeah." And we both had the similar experience, only his life instead of mine. And um, he goes, dude, my dad, he goes, dude, my dad is going to kill me because this car is wrecked, you know, and he just got it. So we get out to survey the damage. We jump. Yeah. uh, We're coming to the first break of our show. um, And I want you to continue this story after the first break. Um, Okay. But before our break, we always make announcements. So um, since we're pre-recording this episode in April, as The pandemic is necessitating border closures, travel restrictions, lockdown of businesses, and other extraordinary mandated precautions. We don't know how long these restrictions would continue. So we are making this announcement with the hope that we'll be able to safely resume our in-person events. But please check our website to see what is or is not happening at the time you tune into the show. As always, we'll stay in the present and see how everything unfolds. It's our hope that by the time this episode is aired, we would be on our spring teaching tour in Switzerland. But even if we aren't, we are working on an alternate plan for Michael to teach this Friday through Sunday, May 22 through May 24th, remotely as originally scheduled for Zurich. His Friday evening workshop will still be Live the Life You Love, Love the Life You Live, Psychic Guidance for Living the Miracle. Then Michael will teach most of his in-depth and comprehensive comprehensive weekend seminar on 
claiming your abundance of joy. Heal your loving heart and see your way clearly. If it all goes well at the time, all our Zurich events will be presented by our good friends Wolfgang and Marianne Jager of Forum and Buch Honglin in Licht. Michael will teach in English with immediate translation in German. We certainly pray that global healing will allow us to have you all join us for this extraordinary series of workshops and seminars in Switzerland. If, on the other hand, it is not possible to do this in person, we will let you know of any alternative possibilities as soon as we know. Find out all the latest details and sign up online at the forum im Licht website, which is imlicht.ch, or contact Wolfgang Jaeger in German or English at forum at imleaked.ch. We'll return in a couple of minutes and we'll talk more about the amazing stories of Keith Leon S. of Walking with My Angels. We'll be right back. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Have you discovered your brain power? Just ask yourself, what's my number? And use the amazing power of emotional brain training, EBT. Enhance your vibrancy, happiness, relationships, productivity, sense of purpose, and health. Listen for Brain Power with Dr. Laurel Mellon. Experience the power of EBT every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Your mind, body, and life will thank you. The White House Doctor makes house calls. Listen every week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. Dr. Connie has served as the White House physician under three U.S. presidents. Now she joins the Voice America Empowerment Channel to help you enrich yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life. Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to The James Dentley Show and learn strategies for success in business and in life. Dr. James Dentley is a proven success coach who knows how to convert good into great. You'll find out from the achievers and leaders how they got to be the success stories that they are. And Dr. Dentley and his guests will give you the tools you need to follow in their footsteps. It's time to become the best version of you. Listen to The James Dentley Show. Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome back, everyone. Let's get right back to our topic, Walking with Angels. And today we have an expert in doing exactly that with us as our guest, Keith Leon S. And just before the first break, we had him talking about an incredible experience he had in not dying in a car accident. So, Keith, you want to continue your story? Because I know there's a lot more to it. Yeah, yeah. So we had this life review, and then the life review went into reverse. We, we come back into consciousness. We're in the car. My friend's like, my dad's going to kill me. This car is wrecked. We jump out of the car to survey a damage, and he gets out on the, the driver's side, which is where, where we smashed. And so I got out, came around the back of the car, and by the time I got around the car, he's just looking like he's in shock. <laughs> and, and I look down at the car, and there's no damage whatsoever to the car. <laughs> but we're both just, just stupefied because we saw and experienced, you know, smashing glass, everything. So we, uh, so we look over at the intersection and start walking toward it, and there's nobody there now. But there were cars there, okay? Nobody, if you smash into a big 
box and you know crash like people step up for you they don't just like split but yeah. like, we're, yes. we're in another we're, we're in another we, we timeline jumped into another timeline or something because nobody's yeah. there we walk over the hubcap is just in the middle of the intersection and since no one's around we just go and we kind of pick up the he picks up the hubcap and we look over at the curb and the curb was that old kind of black chunky soft asphalt that we used to have instead of the hard gray stuff and uh, that stuff you could scrape like with a nail or a stick, you could scrape that kind of asphalt. And sure enough, there was a big scrape in the asphalt up the curb that went right toward that box that, that proved that we had hit that box mm. and that we were not uh, crazy. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so my friend, my friend uh, who's a teenager who uh, I, I had always had, you know, faith in God and talked about God and he thought I was a little crazy. And so he looks over at me and he goes, you know that God stuff you're always talking about? And I go, yeah. And he goes, all this, he goes, all this time I thought you were full of crap, but right now, boy, the trees look green and everything is wonderful. And life is good. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. You know, isn't that amazing that when an experience like that happens and you said it's like jumping time from a different timeline, mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. Enough evidence is left behind to make sure you don't go crazy. Make sure that you know, hey, it really happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And that's what. So these eight times that angels uh, you attribute having your life saved by angels, and I'm sure yeah. there's more that you didn't recognize that you had your life saved because nothing happened. <laughs> right. <laughs> to, yeah danger that because they were guiding you so you you wouldn't go there but um what i know a lot of people wonder about this where where how come certain people get their life saved by an angel or by some divine intervention and other people just die and there's lots of accidents there's lots of similar kinds of things that illnesses similar things that happen where people don't walk away from it being miraculously yeah. saved yeah you have an experience of yeah. you know, about yeah in my early 20s and I, and I talk about this in the book i spent time with an actual uh, a real what he called a real earthbound angel <laughs> meaning not somebody who does good deeds but an actual etheric angel who had taken a body and was in the flesh and for me he was there to to teach me and to keep me on this planet because i would have otherwise taken myself off the planet and that's another mm. time that my life was saved uh but 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 i asked that guy every question humanly possible and that was one of them <laughs> and his his answer was because we have we have a what's called a predetermined expiration date so we've mm. agreed to be here a certain time and so that's why we have guardian angels they're on watch they're guarding us that's their job love us unconditionally get us to our predetermined expiration date anything other than that because we have free will we have to ask so they love to help us they love to show up for us but we have to ask for it uh, but really they're just to get us to our predetermined expiration date. So if if that date was the date that we you know end up getting sick and then pass away or we get in a car accident, then we lived exactly as long as we said we would. And mm -hmm. uh, and so so when because we live in a world where there's planes, trains, automobiles, bullets, you know what I mean? Like there's so many moving targets now that that our guardian angels are on high watch and they're just trying to get, <laughs> keep us here until that date. Because so many accidents can happen, you know? And so when you hear mom lifts car off baby, when you, that time you swerved on the freeway and you're like, no way I know how to drive like that. You know, all of that is what I would call in alien, I would call uh, angel intervention. Yeah. Well, that's a great help. answer. Yeah, right. I like it. Yes. Very yeah. good. Well, you know, I, I have a brother who, as a baby, was very, very difficult to take care of. And one time um, he fell out of a second-story window and didn't get hurt at all. And he was only two. Mm -hmm. Another time I heard him screaming up in his bedroom. I was babysitting. And I came up, and the whole pane of glass, which was 10 times bigger than him, had fallen out of the window because he was trying to escape once again. And he had it in his mm -hmm. arms, and it was two inches from his neck. And recently, oh, wow. he had the coronavirus and, yeah, and, and was almost, uh, the doctor said, hey, 
Uh, he's probably yeah. going to go soon. And he made we, it through. Yep, we gave him a healing. Yeah. A group of us gave him a healing, and boom. We next call day. him our miracle guy. So, <laughs> but I, we in the family, we always had a joke that his uh, guardian angels worked on him overtime. <laughs> and I, I always said that about yeah. Michael too, because he's been, uh, you know, bouncing back and forth from the other side to here many times. Yeah. Well, I haven't. I have another question for you. Part of your story is that you and your former wife went through many difficult times, including the worst one, which was what many people in the world go through, and that is the problem of drug addiction. And in your case, it was almost to the point of death. Can you talk about how your angel guided you away from this possible fate and how you were able to get away from drugs forever after that? Yeah, well, at the the beginning of working with me, once he had really proven to me who he said he was. He said there were two things that he was supposed to do uh, because I was here to make a difference on the planet. And if I left the planet before I was supposed to, it would have a not-so-great effect on the planet. Those were his words. And so he he did end up basically everything that he said came true. He just mm. made predictions over and over again, and, and to 100% accuracy, everything he said came true. So when I got to my deepest, darkest drug phase, and I had slept like eight hours and 13 days, uh, he oh. had been not there. He disappeared for that whole time, and uh, he wasn't there. And so then one day I heard his truck on the 13th day, and I was so excited, and he came, and I opened the door, and I was just like, where have you been? And he just grabbed me by the neck and took me into the to the bathroom and put me in front of the mirror and said, look at yourself in the mirror. You know, you look like walking death. He said, you, you literally have two weeks to live. Live or die, mm. it's your choice. And either way, I'm not going to stand here and watch it, and left me standing in front of the mirror mm. all alone. And, wow. uh, and I... Again, everything he said ever for <laughs> a year and a half now had came true. And so when he said, you have two weeks to live, I knew I had two weeks to live. And so so I really had to sit in that question. And I really did not know. You know, I really had to sit in it. Did I want to live? Because part of me did not. Mm-hmm. So I had to sit in that question. with, with Even though all I had seen and experienced, did I want to live or not? And I did. Uh, ultimately choose to live and packed everything up and uh, left the town that I was living in and came back to my hometown and kind of started all over again. And um, so, so how did I stay clean (laughs) was the first thing I did when I get back was go see a friend who uh, I hadn't seen in many years and he pulls out my drug of choice and uh, (laughs) which was crystal meth. And uh, sure enough, I did it. And so crystal meth is amphetamines, which meant all night laying in my mom's house, staring at the ceiling, awake because I couldn't sleep. All I was thinking about what I had done, and, and I came all that way, and, and then I, I just jumped right back into it. Like, what a mistake that was, and mm. how I was letting myself, my angel, everybody down, and oh, I just played all that over again in my head, and that was the last time I ever, ever did that mm. drug or anything like uh. it. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, what I experienced with a lot of people, there's there's quite a few people around the world who are beautiful, bright spirit, and they end up caught up in either drugs or alcohol or something like that, and yeah. they're here. They're here to teach. They're here to lead. They're here to heal, communicate with people, and and they have a lot to offer. What do you think got what what gets such bright souls and the most capable souls uh, get sidetracked like that? Or is it experience that you need it to have compassion, have understanding of people going through all those things so you can help them later on? Yeah, for me, I, I believe it was because I'm to help people with that, <laughs> to assist mm-hmm. people with that, to, to be able to... Uh, when I speak with teens or, you know, children, yes. uh, they, the second I stand on that stage, all their arms are folded and they're looking at me like, what do you know? What do you yeah. know? <laughs> what do you know, old man, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, 
So, but we do that piece at the beginning of everything that's called the earn the right piece, which is tell your story. So I mm. say, oh, I know, I know you're thinking, what the heck do you know? Well, let me just tell you a little about, about my story. I might possibly know what you're going through. And then I just talk about everything that I went through and there's literally nothing. There's not one subject you could throw out <laughs> that I didn't experience mm-hmm. yep. uh, myself personally. So by the time I get to that end of that piece, then the arms are un- unfolded and every- all the kids are sitting forward and they're just like, wow, he could go through all of that and then be successful and have a business, let alone not be in jail on drugs or, or, or dead. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's amazing. Absolutely. So that was your PhD program for getting your teaching credentials. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the school of hard totally. knocks. <laughs> yeah, school of yeah. very hard knocks. Well, mm-hmm. I'm uh, very curious about something since it was not included in your book. Uh, you skipped over the part of your life where you actually went through the painful process of rehab after you wisely decided to quit drugs. Can you tell us now what that was like and if your angels helped guide you through that or did they leave you on your own for that part? How long did that take? Yeah, well, we drove back. I had that one experience where I um, did you know, did it and then sat up all night. And then after that, I, I really just got so clear that it, it, I didn't need it, it wasn't going to work, and all, all it was going to do is kill me, and if I ever did it again, even once, that I would give up everything for it, and wow. I had gone through so much. So where I did um, really, really have a uh, physical detox, and that was hard, um, I didn't, you know, I didn't check into rehab or anything. I just uh, did a lot of praying, a lot of meditating, a lot of uh, curling up in bed, sweating, and that kind of stuff. Uh, And I was going through it with with my, you know, girlfriend uh, who ended up being my first, my practice wife. And um, we we went through that together. And uh, so on the other side of all of that, physical stuff then I did uh, there was a guy in the apartment complex that we lived in that I knew that uh, he was going to Narcotics Anonymous and so I you know, asked him if I could go to a couple of meetings with him and, and got some tools mm, That's fantastic Well before we come to our next break do you have any special words to those who happen to be struggling with this or even words from your angel? Mm, yeah well, I got really clear the other day that what we're experiencing with the uh, you know coronavirus and, and everybody being home, is that uh, is, is that it was time for us all to take a break. <laughs> you know, it was time to give Mother Nature a break and let let the, the pollution stop for a while. Mm-hmm. And you know, the, so the emissions are down and crimes down and all of that, and, and we're at home and there's more people going within and experiencing the inward journey that we know all about that a lot of people. And experienced yeah. before. That's so, right. Uh, right. Well, our, our second, our second, our second break is coming right up. Um, I'm sorry to interrupt there. So, Keith, how would your mm-hmm. listeners find out more about you and all the many creative, inspiring things you do, like your websites and your books and stuff? Yeah. Well, to get the book, you go to walkingwithmyangelsbook.com. Walkingwithmyangelsbook.com. You get the book. There, but you also get sixteen hundred dollars worth of free stuff from really cool people, and uh, wow. and then if you go to yeah, and if you go to Beyond Belief Books, Beyond Belief Books, uh, that's a page where where you could uh, you know get angel cards that I have a deck of. You can uh, get music that, that I know that you love. Uh, you can get uh, all the things that are support support for you during this time or any time to help you to contact your angels and get the answers in real time. Fantastic. Well, when we return, we'll continue our exploration of walking with angels with our guest, Keith Leon S. And I know he has other things that he has to offer as well. So we'll talk about that. We will see you in a couple of minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Many people don't like to talk about death, but like it or not, it's going to happen to you, me, your loved ones, and everyone. It's best to ask the important questions sooner than later. That's where inspiring end-of-life conversations with Hosnina Impala can help. 
We cover all of the important questions, including aging loved ones, cancer, losing a child, hospice, pets, and messages left by our loved ones. Tune in Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Broaden your mind. Open your heart for a greater understanding of how to express your pure and authentic nature. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Simron, author, publisher, and life mentor, broadens minds and opens hearts to a greater understanding of life, consciousness, and humanity. 1111 Talk Radio is every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 1111 Talk Radio. You are not on a journey. You are the journey. You are experience experiencing itself. Our thoughts and feelings not only affect our own lives, but the lives of everyone around us. Find new meanings of love, authentic expressions, and better connections with the people in your life. Tune in to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. This program will feature guests and discuss ideas that will bring a better life to you. When you find this perspective on love, it will change everything. Listen live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Great to have you back. We're talking with our special guest, Keith Leon S., also known as Keith Leon Smith. Today, it's all about walking with our angels throughout our lifetime. Well, one of the things I wanted you to talk about, you brought up earlier in this conversation, is about earth angels. Um, I'd like you to talk about your earth angel, that how you met him, and how people can recognize an earth angel. Yeah, well, I I met him in my early 20s when I was uh, at a working at a bar and it was like the first day that I was working at that bar kind of blue collar bar and uh, it was this really really quiet guy and uh, and he said something like the first words that came out of his mouth were kind of like something that caught my attention that that made me start watching him and, and he rarely said anything but when he did everybody was leaning in <laughs> like he was yeah. EF hunting or something and uh, so I was really intrigued and um and so I did eventually end up asking him if he wanted to hang out after work. And he just kind of slowly, as he got to know me, do things to kind of prove to me that he was who he said he was. And and what he said is that there are uh, a group of entities who are, are angels, but they come down there in, in the flesh and that they are assigned to certain people to keep them from dying before their predetermined expiration date. Because they are here, they have an effect on the planet, and if they weren't on the planet, it would have a, a different effect on the planet. And so, uh, so those are what he called real earthbound angels. And he said, "There's a group of us, and they basically go from town to town, person to person. You don't have to get a new job, go befriend the person, <laughs> get to know them well enough for the people to believe that they are who they are, and then they can finally get to work day one and work with us." Uh, so they are. There are those. Uh, who he called real earthbound angels, and then um, the way that you can, like one of the things I love to tell people is, uh, if you want to see an earthbound angel, next time you're on a plane and people are getting on the plane, make eye contact with everybody and say inside your head, "Are you an angel? Are you an angel?" And at least one of them will wink at you and smile. Uh, because uh, oh. if, how, how else do you think a, a metal tube gets from L.A. to New York with less incident than crossing the street, right? Exactly. It's like every every person on the plane has their guardian angels. 
so at least one with them. So look how many angels are already there. And then there's some earthbound angels that are, you know, following uh, and hanging out with their with their people uh, with close eye on them as well. So don't be exactly. surprised if they wink at you and smile, but then leave them alone. <laughs> it's just trying to do a job. They don't, not trying to be outed, but uh, they are <laughs> everywhere. Yes, they're not the U.S. Marshals. Uh, Sometimes they are secretly on planes, but uh, they're the cosmic marshals. (laughs) Exactly, (laughs) the etheric marshals. (laughs) Well, uh, Keith, a fun part of your story, which was also very romantic in a way, is the story of how you attracted your lovely current wife, Mora. I thought that part mm-hmm. of the story was great, and I believe people would be very interested in hearing how you did this, or at least a synopsis of it. Yeah, well, I called mine the list, and um, and Mara called it a relationship plan. We basically had done the same thing, and mine was just a list of all the qualities and everything that I wanted in my future mate, because I had my first marriage... It lasted 13 and a half years, and it was just, when we broke up, it was so heartbreaking, but I didn't want to do that again unless I knew for sure it was going to last, you know? So I was very clear about this list of qualities, and, and I even put physical features so that I would darn well know it was her when I saw her <laughs> a mile away. <laughs> One of the things I put was her light would walk in the room before she did, and sure enough, I was at Agape. I got clear I was going to meet her there, and so I started going to both services every Sunday because I didn't want to sleep in and miss her and have to wait another month to find her. So uh, so I, uh, her light did walk in before she did, and as soon as I saw her, I knew it was her, and so it was only a matter of time before she um, figured out that we that was true, and we had both done the same process. And so the process was we had listed what we wanted, but both of us came to the awareness when we finished the list that we needed to become all of those qualities ourselves first, or there's no way that we would attract it. Like attracts like when it comes to qualities. You know, maybe the the opposites attract thing, that's all surface stuff. Like, you know, she likes to dance, he doesn't. But real, true qualities are always a match every time in those couples that you talk to them on their 50th anniversary. Like, they lasted. So, uh, So we both did the work that we needed to become the list that we had created ourselves. For me, that took months of, of experiential growth work and honesty and calling myself out and doing you know things I really didn't want to do. But I became that list, and as soon as I did, then my friend who had told me how to do this list and about the law of attraction, um, he told me then, oh, okay, now just go home, pray, put it away, and there's nothing you can do to stop it now. It's on. <laughs> it's happening. And so uh, so that's all in... in and not only that book, but our first book that we did, we wrote together, called The Seven Steps to Successful Relationships, is that seven steps to successful relationships, including creating your perfect mate out of thin air and attracting them to you. So it's a brilliant process that's worked for many, many, many people. Some of them you would know. <laughs> Some <laughs> relationships, famous people that used our book and got together. So pretty, pretty magical process. It is. And the fact that you did your inner work and noticed and found out that you needed to do that inner work before it would actually work was really an important step in that. Well, Mm -hmm. can you also talk about how your angels guided you through the next phases of your life, developing your music and writing books, as well as becoming a guide to those who are wanting to write books? Was your communication different with your angels once you got through the hump of your addiction and onto your path? Mm. Yeah, it was really different because I didn't, I, I believed now, so I no longer needed the proof of them showing themselves to me. You know, it was more like a, a whisper or, or an instant knowing something that I did not know before I asked it. And one of the tools I love to teach in, in my seminars is the, the process of sit, ask, and listen. Uh, a lot of us are sitting, meditating, a lot of us are asking a whole lot of questions, uh, but when do we listen long enough to receive the answer to the one question that we just asked? You know, we have yes. so many things so, so many things going on and so many things to do, and so if you sit down, you ask one question, if you don't receive the answer right then, and you have to get up and go do something, you can just keep spinning that one question like a mantra 
as you go out into the world. And you may get into the car spinning that question and turn on the radio and the first song that the lyrics to the song is the answer to your question. Or maybe that didn't work and you keep driving and you get to work and somebody comes up and says something to you that's specifically the answer to your question. In, in all of these ways that angels show up for us, uh, we wouldn't hear the answer. We wouldn't even notice that it whizzed by unless we were staying in the question. Yes, very, very much so. Very much so. I had an experience like that when uh, our business was challenged, when Michael had a near-death experience, and we had no income, and I just asked Spirit, you know, what do I do about the money? And um, mm-hmm. I actually had the question, I, I call it putting it up in your eighth chakra so you're aware of it, and about mm-hmm. two hours later, I got the answer, call this person, ask them for this exact amount of money, and voila, I was able to do that. And on top of that, later on, I was able to pay back the money, which I thought was fantastic because it was a very huge sum of money. So that's mm-hmm. that uh, sitting with the questioner, as you call it, spinning with the question is a real good part of it is just being aware that your question is out there and listening for the answer is very important for people to hear. Well, I have another question for you. I thought the story of what happened to your son was deep and profound. I'm talking about the story when he was beat up so badly that he almost didn't make it and how you worked with your angels and all your dear friends and prayer warriors to help bring him back to life. Tell the audience about that story. Wow. Yeah, my my son was assaulted by a a group of people and they took a a tire rim and hit him in the head and so he had uh, internal bleeding, bleeding in his brain, and um, they kind of just hit him, and he hit the ground. They left him for dead, and he got up and managed to get himself on a bike and was riding the bike, bleeding, wow. blood coming down the side of his head. And a police officer pulled over and was like, dude, what's going on? And he's like, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. And as soon as the police officer finished that sentence, then there was an ambulance just Happened to be driving by, right? Happened to, and he oh, flags yeah. the ambulance. He flags the ambulance down. Take him immediately to the ER and followed him there. And they got to that ER, and they did not um, have the equipment that they needed to do what they needed to do because he started to seize. And um, well, he was just talking to them one second, and then he seized the next. So they rushed him, emergency rushed him to another hospital, and that's when police knocked on my door, and we rushed over there just in time to see, uh, oh, he's in this room, and we go, and, and there's nobody in the room, and everything's knocked over and on the ground, and it was like a scene out of a really, really bad movie, and uh, mm. we're just like, oh, thinking, they're like, we need to talk to you, and we're thinking, oh, here we go, right, this is that part of the movie, and mm. uh, so the doctor said that, that he was in emergency brain surgery, and that the top surgeon, you know, that they, on the coast, right, on the west coast, just happened to call in and say, I'm heading home, do you have anything for me, right, when he came in, <laughs> so, um, and jumped straight into it, and so, so I called up a shaman friend of mine, and she um, came out of dinner and went into the car, and then she, I could hear her, she's like, just stand by, and I can hear her say, okay, I'm coming in this, you know, in the etheric now, and I'm here, and I, oh, oh, I see, I found him, and she's like, honey, you remember me, I'm Mary, you're, Mom and Dad's friend, you're out of your body right now. You need to come, come with me. And she basically went, found him, retrieved his spirit, pulled him back into the room because he was out of his body. Mm-hmm. Uh, pulled him back into the room, told him to get back in his body. Watched the surgeons do the surgery, and then she told me when they were closing up, and that that the surgeon had said, "We've done all that we can do. It's time to go tell the family now." And then um, I'm like, "Oh." Okay. <laughs> wow. So, uh, so sure enough, he came out and and told us uh, what had happened, and that he may may or may not ever talk, walk, or anything again, or even come out of the state that he was in. And uh, but four days four days later, he walked out of that hospital on his own and mm. um, was back. And it was it was amazing. But uh, one of the things was there were two times where I just really was having a hard time and started to lose faith. And both times, mm. this orderly w- walked through the room and said, "No, man, he's young. He's good. He's going to be fine. You need to have faith. You know, you, he's got this. Don't worry about it. He's good." And he walked out. So four days later, when we were walking out of the hospital, I asked if I could thank that orderly, 
and I tried to describe who he was, and every nurse said, there's nobody on the floor that fits that description. <laughs> and so sure enough, uh, the two times when I needed it most to Angel, it showed up and delivered the message that I really needed to hear. And, and that, um, was, that was the Earth Angel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, as they should say, time flies when you're with angels, and we just have a couple of minutes left. So, Keith, any final messages of inspiration and guidance for our listeners today? And you can include uh, how to reach you and your website as well. Oh, okay. Well, again, to get the book, it's walkingwithmyangelsbook.com. If you want to write a book, you could go to leonsmithpublishing.com. Leon Smith publishing.com, my two last names. Uh, and what I would want to leave you with is, is what I always, every event, everything that I do, uh, I always want you to know this, and that's that you make a difference on this planet. Wow. No one, no one can be you but you. Like, you are doing it perfectly. You make a difference in this world. You may have saved a life today just by smiling and saying hello to somebody. And that person was going to go home and take their life because they felt like nobody saw them. But because you saw them and smiled, they said, oh, I was seen. Maybe someone else would see me. Maybe they would miss me if I was gone. Maybe they talked themselves out of killing themselves that day. You know, people think that we know that we're making a difference in their life, so they forget to tell us all the time because they think we know. So for every person who's ever forget to to tell you, forgot to tell you that you make a difference on this planet, for them, I want to tell you right now that you do. You make a difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. I completely agree with you, Keith. Thank you. It was so delightful to have you on the show. And all the best to you and Maura as you continue to shine your incredible light in this world and illuminate the way for many, many awakening souls. Mm. Well, mm, once, you too. once Yes. Well, once again, we're at the end of our show. Thank you so much for joining us today. We so hope you enjoyed it. Keith Leon Smith is an incredible person with an incredible story. I hope you were inspired and gained some new insights and tools. Be sure to join us next Wednesday for our show on angel healings. In fact, every encounter with an angel is a healing in and of itself. Also, make sure to check our website events calendar, latest newsletter, or our social sites for any updates on how you can join us for this Friday through Sunday workshop and seminar events. For our German-speaking friends, please check online at imlicht.ch for details and to register whether the events will be in person or offered remotely depending on world circumstances at the time. Any questions about any of our events, you can also call our office at 1-530-926-2650 and speak with our wonderful assistant, Noel, who can answer all your questions, Monday through Friday, business hours. Until then, be inspired, use your imagination, and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. We'll catch you next week. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth.